I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for TGIF, March 11th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in about seven minutes. So, Jay, you have news that, well, I don't know if you've been following the news, but McDonald's, Coke, and who else has, has decided to cease operations in Russia? Starbucks. Starbucks. My first question, though, is that one, well, that's that's crazy, by the way. It's just crazy that like you have these massive brands that were operating in Russia that decided to pull out. But I guess to you, if Canada was sanctioned for whatever reason, is there one brand that you would feel particularly sad to see leave? Oh, that's a good question. I hadn't thought. I've never thought about it that way. I can't imagine. <laughs> not to make be light, not to make light of the situation, but I, you know, I, it, it's just a, this is now just a hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, there's people who are pretending to be American in Russia that are that can't get all their goods now. They can't go to McDonald's, can't get their Starbucks, uh, can't get their Coca Cola. I mean, look, it's a big move for some of those brands. I was reading somewhere that 10% of McDonald's revenue comes from Russia. There's something like 500 stores. Something there are a lot of stores. Um, and that's a lot of revenue to say no to. And my understanding is they're actually paying their staff too, uh, because they're not all corporate owned. So there's some franchisees that are also uh, having to shut down. So it is a big blow to a big major company, but also one that sort of shows the impact of rallying around uh, sort of boycotts and shutting down. So it is a big deal, even though we're sort of giggling about the brands that are shutting down. Yeah, and my understanding too is that McDonald's was one of the first Western brands that entered Russia at, after the fall of the Iron Curtain. And so, yeah, it's it's a huge deal. Look, like, you know, that, that's the consequence for, you know, invading another country. Uh, and I think it is justified. You know, for me, I'd be pretty upset if, and I'm not sure how this would actually go down, but in an, if there was an event that forced Tim Hortons to stop operating in Canada, I'd be pretty upset by that because, you know, I, I get my coffee there once in a while. I get a donut, I get breakfast sandwiches. It probably is the most frequented fast food chain by me. It would be a real challenge for all of Canadians, but it would do one thing, Brett. Can I tell you what it would do? It would send the, yeah, what it would would send it the value of my of my Timbit toques through oh, the roof yeah. for sure. So, so you know, I don't mean to look on it. There wouldn't be a silver lining for sure, but there would be some benefit to me personally. You are too excited about what would be a very unfortunate event, Jay. It's true. It's never going to happen. Canada would shut down before Tim Hortons does. Brett, aside from uh, major American brands shutting down in Russia, what do we ever beat pals today? For our first story, Banana Split. For our second story, Nickel Mania. And for our third story, Oligarchs Under Fire. For our first story, after other megacorps split their stocks in recent years, Amazon has made the decision to do the same. Brett, if Amazon splits their stock, can we call it a banana split? Get it because Amazon... And that's where bananas grow. Brett, aside from that awful, awful joke, tell the Peak Pals what's going on. You know, I'm going to take responsibility for that. I wrote that joke, Jay, and it is. <laughs> does, I'm, not even sure, I'm not even sure it makes sense. Like, I, you know, but it was either. something. Okay, so here's what it's happened. Friday. Amazon announced a 20 for one stock split and $10 billion share buyback in a move to stoke its stock price, recoup heavy operating costs, and retain staff. Now, investors will now receive 19 additional shares for every one they hold multiplying the shares they already have and also reducing their value at the same time. Amazon's value has grown exponentially since the pandemic began, probably because Brett orders so much stuff, but its share price has not trended along with it. This is partially due to staffing shortages and unprecedented operating costs that CFO Brian Oslovsky said were the, quote, primary capacity constraints in Q3. To fix this, Amazon hopes that both these moves will allow to pay corporate staff more as they traditionally have had less competitive wages relative to other tech companies. 
Now, in addition to the stock split and to relieve that issue they're having with other competitive tech companies taking talent away, last month, Amazon released a memo stating that it will raise its base salary from $160,000. This must be for engineers. $160,000 to $350,000. That's a lot of money. uh, And it's crazy to think that that's a competitive salary for engineers in, in the tech industry. And here's an interesting stock split fact for the peak pals. Share splits had nearly disappeared from the U.S. stock market, but in 2020, Apple and Tesla made them cool again. When Google followed suit this past February, it was expected that an Amazon stock split was coming. And here we go. It has arrived, Jay. Making stock splits cool again. And don't call it a comeback, but this is Amazon's fourth stock split in their history, the first since September 1999. So it's actually been a while, Brett. Which brings us to why stock splits matter. Brett, why do they matter? So stock splits don't fundamentally change anything about the company, but it makes their stocks appear to be more accessible, thus driving more interest and helping Amazon grow somehow even bigger. But we could actually be nearing the end of stock splits. So stock splits make Amazon stock look more accessible for mom and pop investors like you and I, and they usually lead to a short-term rally. But there's this concept called fractional trading, and this is popular on apps like Well Simple Trade and Robinhood, where you can simply buy a piece of Amazon stock without having to buy the whole thing. And this appears to be where the trend is going. And so I wouldn't expect stock splits to be too popular for much longer as fractional trading starts to take over. And on the topic of fractional trading, for a second story, what's happening to nickel prices right now is so outrageous that experts are comparing it to the meme stocks craze back in early 2021. Jay, I want to tell the Peak Pals about how nickel's back you get it? Wow. <laughs> wow. You're <laughs> killing the dad jokes today. Oh, I get it. You yeah, know, I do get it. I get Nickelback, that, that band. I'm not even going to do an editorial about looks, the band. It but looks better written. Nickel prices went, it, it's pretty funny, I think. Uh, nickel prices went berserk early this week, Brett, more than doubling in price before the London Metal Exchange, which is the world's largest, stepped in and halted trading. Here's what's happening. First of all, I think it's crazy that the London Metal Exchange can just stop trading of a resource, of a mineral. It's crazy. Anyways, the price gains can in part be attributed to a short squeeze, which happens when an excess number of traders short would bet against an asset. What then pushes the price even higher is when traders who short the stock buy a large amount of it to reduce those bets and their exposure to massive losses. It's similar to what happened to AMC and GameStop, two highly shorted meme stocks and volatile equities that force brokerages like Robinhood to halt trading. And if left alone, markets can spin out of control as traders attempt to minimize losses, like China's Singshan Holding Group, which faces a $8 billion loss. Yikes. For the next few days, nickel trades at the exchange will be halted at a minimum and return stability to the nickel market. So we're bringing nickel back. Which, sorry, Brad, I thought there might be a giggle in that joke, but I guess not. Which brings us to the big picture of why nickel prices actually matter, Brad. (laughs) Like many developments in the market right now, the surge in nickel is tied to Russia's invasion of Ukraine and was made way worse by its subsequent decision to ban commodity exports to counter Western sanctions. Now, Russia accounted for almost 10% of the world's nickel mine production last year and holds enough reserves to cover the global supply for three years. Yikes. Now, the supply drop in nickel has buyers scrambling for the metal crucial for making stainless steel and electric vehicle batteries. We talk a lot about what's in electric vehicles batteries, Brett. Meanwhile, China is looking into buying or increasing stakes in Russian energy and commodities companies. And for our final story, the British government has stepped up with UK banks shutting out Russian oligarchs. Brett, what's up with Russian oligarchs now, aside from 
some guy online is actually tracking all, all where all of their yachts are right now. But what's going on with the oligarchs vis-a-vis yeah. British government? Oligarchs have expensive tastes. They love yachts. <laughs> they love Monaco. But they also really love London. It's like a halfway point between Russia and the U.S. And it's glamorous. And so they love to park their money there. And while most of them buy expensive cars and real estate, some of them, like Roman Abramovich, they buy soccer teams. And that's gotten him in some trouble. Abramovich is trying to sell the Premier League soccer squad Chelsea following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Abramovich bought the team for £150 million in 2003. And experts estimate it's worth now around £5 billion. But with the British government's latest round of sanctions, any sale of Chelsea is now indefinitely off the table as Abramovich's assets are frozen and most operations and revenue streams for the club have been suspended. There's even concern that the European champions could face financial ruin. And I really want to stress this because it's kind of crazy. They were the European champion last year. They can't sell tickets. Only season ticket holders can attend games and they have a maximum threshold of 20,000 pounds that they can use to travel to away games. It's wild. It's time to get on the bus, Chelsea. And closer to home, European sanctions on oligarchs could affect the recently proposed acquisition of Canadian budget airline Sunwing by another Canadian airline, WestJet. See, Sunwing is currently owned by TIUAG, which is co-owned by Russia's richest man, Alexei Mordashov, who has been sanctioned by the EU. Now, Canada has joined countries across the globe in sanctioning Russian oligarchs, updating its list of sanctioned entities and individuals five times since the invasion began. Now, Mordashov has not yet been sanctioned by Canada, but all 351 members of the State Duma, the lower house of the Russian Federal Assembly, and 69 other key individuals have. Government approvals required before the Sungwin acquisition can go through, and there's speculation that Mordashov's involvement might scuttle the deal. So, Jay, what's the bottom line of all these sanctions against Russian oligarchs? Well, Russian oligarchs have their fingers in many, many pies, some of them baked right here in Canada. Chelsea's sale being tabled could be a sign of things to come for Sunwing and for WestJet, so we'll keep our eye on it, Brett. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for producing this episode. Thank you, Dale, and thank you, Brett. And Brett, I want you to think about something between now and next week. If you were a Russian oligarch, which English Premier League team would you buy? Uh, Can you think about that over the weekend? I'll think about it. We'll come back to it. Okay. Have a good weekend, Brett. You too.